we have a couple lenders that are strictly, it's completely AI. There's no human element to it. We take the borrower's application, then we send them over to the lender. We're a broker, of course. So, I mean, these borrowers can basically get approved within minutes. We actually advertise, it's called our five-day express HELOC. Basically, it's a portal that borrowers can go onto. They can link their payroll provider or their tax transcripts. And within a couple minutes, the AI either approves or denies them. And we have people that can basically start an application in the morning and they're closing the same day. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Imagine a lender with no underwriters using just AI to turn out approvals in a single day. Well, imagine no more. It already exists. Today on the show, Vance Hagen. Vance is a loan officer with Loan Pronto based out of North Carolina. And I had him on the show back in episode 425. You can go check that out. And I love talking to people that are outside of my market as a Canadian mortgage broker myself and owner of a mortgage brokerage. But I like to know what's going on. And man, this conversation does not disappoint. So I asked Vance, what's one thing that you've seen AI do a huge change in your business in the last six months? And he told me about a lender that they use that has no people, uses AI to fully underwrite the file and spits out an approval instantly, whether they're going to do it or not, no appraisal, pulls taxes from the tax services, pulls income from the income services, and then will issue you an approval instantly. And they can fund in a day or they call it within five days, which is really fast in the US. And no person even talks to the client. And he said the AI will even negotiate with the borrower to give them options and offers. This is crazy. Hey, I'm your host, Scott Peckford, the founder of Island Mortgage Brokering and Bricks Mortgage. Excited to bring you today a conversation with Vance, who's a Scotsman's Guide rated loan officer. A couple of takeaways from my conversation with Vance. First, we talk about how they're competing by not changing their business model, why they're focusing on the product mix is more important right now, given this market, and how AI is literally underwriting and negotiating HELOCs on a daily basis up to $500,000 This is going to be mind-blowing. I think you're going to enjoy it. Check it out. And don't forget, at the very end, I'm going to give my two cents on where I see this coming in Canada first. Before I jump into this episode, I'm going to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application, document collection, submission platform designed specifically for Canadian borrowers. It's very easy to use. It's got some cool features built in like smart docs. It knows what documents your client needs. It does have AI built into their lender spotlight, which is a tool for searching rates and guidelines. You can check them out at lendas.com slash Finmo and check out this conversation with Vance. Hey Vance, welcome back to the show. I appreciate you having me back. Always a pleasure. Hey, so tell me a little bit about yourself. How long have you been in the mortgage business and where are you located? We'll link to the other episode from before, but just so if somebody hasn't heard the other one, we'll start there. Yeah, so I started right out of college, summer 2016. First job was at, now they're called Rocket Mortgage, but you know, I graduated from the University of Arizona, moved to Phoenix after uh, graduation. Out in Phoenix, that's pretty much the way you start in the industry as you go through, you know, the process of working for Rocket. Been with Loan Pronto, this is coming up on five years in January. We just had our sixth anniversary. So I consider myself one of the original employees, but for the most part, I've been here since the beginning at Loan Pronto. And so Loan Pronto is a really cool, I like the whole vibe you guys put off, like the branding, everything is great about it. I want to dive into a couple of different topics. One is process. So what's something that you've changed in your process in the last six months that has been something like, man, I wish I would have done that sooner. Yeah, I mean, I think 2022 kind of snuck up on everybody. You know, I don't know how the rates were 
in Canada. But I remember, yeah, they're basically... same. I mean, you're like the big brother. Wherever you go, we follow. We have no choice. So, like, if you go up, we go up almost always. So it's the same. So I mean, I can remember beginning of 2022. I usually go back to Arizona for the holidays. I remember, you know, hopping on the plane. Everything was you know nice and dandy. Like beginning of January, I remember getting off the plane and we pretty much had rates in the forest. Is what it felt like. So a lot of people were caught off guard. I think for the most part, like the first half of 2022, a lot of people panicked. A lot of people really tried to reinvent the wheel. They kind of tried to blow it up and start over in terms of our process. I think the reason we have done you know, relatively well compared to the rest of the industry, we didn't really change the model of the way our business is run. We really just changed the message of what we were delivering to our clients. We went through you know, a little bit of a process I would say summer of 2022, trying to focus more on the purchase market. And I think we just kind of had an epiphany about a year ago where it's like, look, we do things really well when it comes to using equity. You know, we pay off consumer debt, we save them money, we do it in a very efficient manner. We deliver a great, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? An effective way of customer service. Yeah. Yeah, we realized like we don't have to get into this purchase game. We do things very well. We just kind of had to shift the message from, you know, rate and term refinances and cash out refinances to what's the best way right now to use the equity in your home. And that's doing second mortgages. That's doing equity lines. That's doing fixed rate seconds. I mean, for the most part, I'd say we're saving people hundreds of dollars a month. And the best part about it is, you know, we can pay off credit card debt. We can pay off, you know, auto loans. We can pay off student loans. And the best part is people don't have to lose the historic rate that we got them, you know, during the pandemic with rates in the twos and threes. So it's still a way that they can really come out ahead. And the best part is, you know, when rates go down, then we kind of have another decision to make where it's, do we want to give you a lower rate on your equity line? Or does it even make more sense at this point? Again, it's very optimistic, but say rates get low enough, you might even get the opportunity to combine a first mortgage with these HELOCs that we're doing right now. Right, right. So basically, you didn't change your model, just the messaging around this problem that you're solving. And you made some adjustments to the product mix a little bit because you're not obviously doing a first full out refi. Talk to me about AI. So AI is in the last year, it's been a while since we talked, but AI has become like this huge thing. I'm curious, question one, have you guys adopted it anywhere? And two, is it working or not working? Or like, because, you know, I, I feel like it's still pretty early in this using AI in, in our business. Yeah, and honestly, it's kind of terrifying to see how far it's come in just a short amount of time. So we have a couple lenders that are strictly, it's completely AI. There's no human element to it. We take the borrower's application, then we send them over to the lender. We're a broker, of course. So, I mean, these borrowers can basically get approved within minutes. We actually advertise, it's called our five-day express HELOC. Basically, it's a portal that borrowers can go onto. They can link their payroll provider or their tax transcripts. And within a couple of minutes, the AI either approves or denies them. And we have people that can basically start an application in the morning and they're closing the same day. So, I mean, to me, what? I think so it's like, got a- What's the biggest size of loan you can get with something like that? Like what would be a limit on approval done through AI? I've seen up to $500,000. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing I see your, I see your eyes so are I all big, but- I it's math. It's like, hey, yeah, yeah, that's- I couldn't, I couldn't believe yeah. it when I was introduced to the lender either. And there's no appraisal needed either. So they can basically, you know, they take the property, they got their own little algorithms that they use to verify the value. So no appraisals needed. And we provide the credit report so they can see, you know, if there is an existing first mortgage, they can kind of determine the CLTV requirements and the eligibilities, can see, of course, all the debts that the borrower has. So once it kind of verifies the income, they know what the debt to income ratios are. 
so yeah, I mean, you can pretty much get this done in about a day if all things go, you know, how it's supposed to work. Now, of course, there's some wrinkles and there's some caveats, there's some, you know, asterisks on it. But for the most part, when it works out, it's intended to work. It's pretty amazing, you know. So if you send, you can just do. curiosity, now you got my brain. I got your attention now. You're like, what the hell is this? So if you send 10 files in there, how many of them would be like auto adjudicated and how many would be kicked back? Like, what has your experience been so far? I mean, you know, we got about 20 LOs in our office. I'd say, you know, some of them have more success than others. But I'd say for the most part, the majority of mine go through. Like, so I was kind of getting into some of the asterisks and some of the caveats to it. Like you can't qualify based on any debt that you'd have to pay off. And you can't have an existing second mortgage. So again, it's kind of like... So if you know your product well, you're just not throwing it to the wall. Yeah, you, you can't it. just throw stuff against the wall. I mean, if you do that, you're going to have issues with it. But if you, again, it's got to be a very vanilla file, which you know makes sense. There's no human element to it. But like I said, if you give the lender you know, what they consider vanilla file, then there's really no reason it shouldn't work. And the crazy part about it too, is that the borrower actually gets to negotiate the terms of their HELOC as well. So it will basically approve them for, you know, X amount of dollars they and they can actually choose. Or are they negotiating with AI? I mean, the AI in the portal gives them basically the rate table of what they qualify for. And then at that point, they can pick the rate that they want and the terms and how many years they want on the draw period and things like that. Okay. So what's the max loan to value on a product like that? I've seen it go up to, I believe it goes up to 90, 85 for sure, but I think it can go up to 90 actually. 90% loan to value on CLTV, a, yeah. And then is there a minimum loan size? Sorry, I'm getting technical, uh, but I'm just saying. Just, no, no, it's, no, these are good questions. Yeah. And like I said, anyone listening, I mean, it's a new wave. But yeah, the minimum is $50,000. The borrower does have to draw the full amount at closing, but then up at that point, you know, they don't really have an issue as if they pay it back or not. Sorry, they don't have an issue like with what they, immediately pay back that they don't need, if that makes sense. Because not everyone's gonna need $50,000 immediately. I see. So they make them draw it down and then they can put it back or... Right. So, okay, then obviously you're using AI there. Is there any other places that you're seeing AI as part of your business? No, I mean, we got a couple of things done with like Encompass. I wouldn't say that's AI. It's more so just integrating, you know, our LLS with different lenders and their platforms, which again, it's not AI, but it is a more efficient way of doing business and technology has a lot to do with that. But that's really the only AI I've really come across. And of course, you know, you can use, you know, ChatGPT to send out newsletters, stuff like that. Keep yourself in front of your borrowers. I really don't know like what the limits are, you know, to this right. AI it's, wave. It's just gonna I don't think anyone expanding. does. It's just going to keep expanding. Right. So, yeah, yeah. You know what you said? They negotiate. It'd be hilarious if they're actually negotiating with AI on, hey, I want a better. And the thing like, but it probably could. But it kind of I mean, sells for you. It could. Yeah. Yeah. That's the case. And, and, and then, it, you know, it, we're not going to have jobs. It could be basically. negotiating all these and they would look for patterns and per, like, I mean, heck, it could be like, I can know what based on this X criteria, they're going to accept Y rate. Like that is insane. Probably knows um, how to overcome, you know, certain objections, things like that. So yeah, based on your social imprint <laughs> line and the other thousand people like you, this is the range that you'll accept based on, you know, this is algorithms. Yeah. algorithms. It's kind of like you're playing chess against a, you know, the machine and that's bonkers. Is there any other interesting things that you've seen on the lender side like that? Like this AI underwriting in the last year that has come out that you're like, that's a unique product or unique solution or unique something they're doing that's different? Yeah. And honestly, I'm not even sure if it's really AI. I mean, it might be AI, but a lot of lenders are really trying to speed up the process and the easiest way for them to do that outside of underwriting is you know taking appraisals out of the mix 
So for the most part, when we're doing these equity lines, unless it's a very unique situation where, you know, people live in areas that are very, you know, remote or isolated, verifying the value of the home through different like algorithms. And like I said, maybe you want to call it AI, but verifying the home values and taking the appraisal out of the mix has really sped up the process. You know how it goes. I mean, sometimes it can take two weeks for an appraisal to come back. Sometimes it can take a right. week just to get it scheduled. So if you can verify the home value right there and, you know, take the CLTV, you know, part of the equation out and get it done right then and there, you've significantly cut down on the time it takes to actually get these loans closed, especially if we have, you know, W-2 borrowers, which for the most part we have, you know, most of our lenders could underwrite that in a day or two. So it's really not the question that people call in on a Monday and they have their money by at the very least the following Friday. Right. That's really interesting. And then what is the other question I was going to ask you about that? Marketing wise. So you've changed some of your messaging and your marketing. You guys are targeting like more of these like second mortgages, line of credits, and you guys use terrestrial radio, right? The old fashioned, like the dial on your truck. Is that your primary method for marketing? Yeah. I turned 30 in a month and, you know, I came here when I was 25 and I thought that was such an outdated way to market. You know, everyone hears about social media and stuff like that, but I swear, you know, our phones ring, we get tons of people going on our website, you know, pretty much anyone you talk to for the first time, you know, you ask them, how'd you hear about us? And they're going to say, I heard about you on the radio. So we're right. on, we're headquartered here in Charlotte. We're probably on about, I mean, I couldn't even tell you more, probably seven or eight stations. We advertise in probably like 10 or 11 markets and it's strictly radio advertisement. We've done a good job with, you know, building a website and, you know, other algorithms and stuff like that. UWM is our primary lender you know, they'll send us some leads to like findamortgagebroker.com. But like I said, I'd say probably 99% of our business in terms of like new business, not referrals or repeat business would come from radio. Right. That's amazing, man. In terms of your own business, like, is there anything else, like adjustments you've had to make to your business or your conversations or anything with clients? Like definitely more stressed out clients right now, right? Like walk me through maybe what you're doing on those calls. I'm interested because that's something other people are obviously experiencing too. Yeah. And we're in a very interesting environment right now because... You know, secrets out, obviously rates are high. People really have not lost the equity that they've gained in the last couple of years, especially if you're in places like Nashville, which we're pretty heavy in. A lot of people are still gaining equity. So, you know, my job is not necessarily to sell. I always tell myself, I'm not a salesman, I'm an educator. You know, I get a borrower in front of me, I look at a credit report and I think the word I use for borrowers a lot is value, you know, value for your money. Like what are you paying in terms of like total debt that you have? And so you know, a lot of times I can see the average borrower, he's got, you know, $20,000 of credit card debt, he's got a $20,000 car payment, he might have a $10,000 personal loan. And I see that he's probably, you know, outside of his mortgage, and, you know, not including utilities and stuff like that, you know, you have $50,000 of consumer debt, and it's costing you around $1,200 a month. And so, you know, it's our economy in general, and it's tough for a lot of people right now, a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck. So, you know, I can look at a situation and say, okay, you know, what does it do for you if I take that $50,000 of debt that you're paying $1,200 a month on, turn that number to more like $450, which is about what people would be paying on these equity lines for $50,000. It's literally life-changing, you know, savings for them. And so that's kind of the message that we've got across is that you look at credit cards, credit cards around 20%, personal loans, not far behind. Using the equity in your house is still probably the safest and most cost-effective way to borrow money. And unfortunately, for a lot of people, borrowing money is the only way you're going to get out of that debt. And the best part about it is, like I said, for the most part, most people have rates in the twos and threes, and they're very hesitant. 
to lose those rates and refinance to something like seven or eight, which is where rates are now. But the reality is we can still save people a lot of money by tapping into that equity. And the reality is for most people, they're not losing value in their home. If anything, a lot of people are still gaining it. So it's a no brainer once you kind of put the numbers side by side and show people the true value of what the money can do for you. Right. And then so in your state, because every state's a little bit different. So if I get a HELOC set up in uh, North Carolina, like, do I have to go to a lawyer? Is it done through a title company? How is it all processed? So yeah, going back, I mean, we have that AI lender. For the most part, they can basically do closings, like basically over a Zoom call with a notary or a lawyer. In terms of like going to a law office, you know, we've had the ability for years to basically just send a notary to someone's house, send them to a Starbucks, send them to someone's office. That honestly, like I said, it's something you kind of take for granted, but that makes it so much easier to get these closings done because we don't need people to work around their schedules, you know, to get closings done. It's pretty much, you know, like I said, our notaries usually work, you know, eight to nine in the morning to eight to nine at night. And the ability yeah. for people to basically just come off work and the notary's there, it takes 30 minutes. You know, you show them their ID and you sign some documents and then you're on your way. Yeah, I can so see, that's I can see ID verification. So do you guys use digital ID verification for borrowers? What do you use on that? Because I know that in Canada, that's something that's coming. They've talked about next year is like, they're going to raise the bar to make sure we're dealing with the actual you know, person who say they are. What do you guys use right now? Whatever you're doing, we're going to adopt mm. at some point. <laughs> no, so yeah. I'm getting, this is like my research for my Canadian market. No, that's good. I haven't really seen anything such as like facial recognition, but for the most part, it's just getting a copy of the driver's license and it goes into some kind of portal and then it's pretty easily verified. And then right. of course, yeah. you know, the notary is looking at the same ID, you know, once it's actually time to close. Yeah, but, that's coming here where you scan the ID and I think you do the face. This may sound fun. I was going to the Calgary Stampede. So Cal it's like this huge cowboy football thing team. that they do. No, it's not Calgary Stampede. Yeah, Stampede is actually a huge event that's over a week and it's all these country music and lots of beer and the whole thing. And so I was going into a beer garden, massive one for where an artist was, and they take your ID and they scan it and then they make you look at a thing and they make sure it matches. And if you don't match the ID, the thing goes bleep, comes up a red light saying, this is not the person on the ID. And then they don't let you in. The point, and then oh, so you, 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 you can't use someone else's ID that you look similar to. It's like, it's scanning your face and your ID and it's going, nope, not you okay. Know, and I said, do you catch people? They like all the time. Like, that's so funny. If I had to guess, I would, that's I would just say to we're a bar, not, man. Like, that's just yeah. to go to a bar. Like, <laughs> I would say we're not far away from, you know, that becoming a fixture in the industry for sure. Yeah, I think anything that can speed up the process will be good. But at the end of the day, it still comes down to relationships and you, you know, and not everything's going to fit in an AI bucket. There's going to always be something that you're going to need to, you know, solve for people. But that's really interesting. Is there any other questions that I should have asked you that I didn't? I mean, I would just say, like I said, I think a lot of this industry and a lot of the environment that we're in, you know, my best advice for a lot of brokers right now is do not try to reinvent the wheel. You really got to figure out what was it that you guys did well when it was good and don't shift too far away from that. Like I said, for us, it's been as easy as just changing the message and changing the product that we're offering. But I think the mistake a lot of, you know, brokers and a lot of loan officers made was they tried to basically, you know, change the entire way they did business. And the reality is like, you can't pivot that quickly into something completely different because your competition has been doing that for years and years and years. You're never going to be right. better than them at doing that. And that's kind of what we had to figure out was that, you know, we're not going to be able to compete with, you know, other loan officers, for example, that have these relationships with either builders or realtors, that they've nurtured those relationships for a decade. We're not just going to one day be able to knock on these doors and get that business. I mean, it's an optimistic way of thinking. And maybe, 
you know, we could have done that, but the reality is like, it's just not how we've ever done business and it's not what we were made to do. And so again, you kind of got to put your pride aside, you know, these equity lines are not the $400,000 cash outs that you were writing in 2021. But the reality is like you put enough of them together and you can still be very successful in your business. Well, if you can close them in five days, like, man, how many of them could you do in a month, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, you see these lenders like UWM, you know, there's a reason they're offering the product too. Like they're usually ahead of the game. They can kind of see the trends, you know, before the rest of the world does. And, you know, they were quick to realize like this is going to be the new wave as long as these rates stay around six, seven, eight percent. Right. That's amazing. Well, man, hey, where can people find you online, Vance? You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. I'm always an open book. Any questions you have, or if you're a borrower, happy to help. It's just my first and last name. It's V-A-N-C-E-H-A-G-A-N. So I'm always an open book. Happy to talk with anybody. I, I love what you put in there for the, and if you're a borrower, call me. You know? If you're a borrower, <laughs> awesome. call me. My license about 12 states. Thanks, bud. Always happy to work. Hey, thanks again for listening. And if you're like me listening to that, my mind was a little bit blown. I knew that this stuff was possible. I didn't quite get it. Now, so does this mean that we're going to be all out of a job next month? No, I don't believe that's the case. I do believe, though, that we're going to see more and more lenders adopt AI to speed up the process. And a couple of my sort of thoughts on this. First, I think imperative that mortgage brokers understand that we are still in the marketing and sales business because if you can help find clients, whatever tools you're using, whatever lender, augmented, whatever, you're still going to be able to make money. So ultimately, I think that it's really important that we as brokers make sure that we master the art of sales and marketing. That's the first thing. The next thing I would say about this is that we don't have the same access to certain not to the tax data. Like in Canada, you know, we had CRA access to getting NOAs, notice of assessments, but then CRA is like, no, no, you're not using it for the intended purpose, so we won't let you do it. So they've taken that away. And of course, I've got to believe there's some people that are negotiating with CRA right now trying to figure out how to actually deliver this at scale. And maybe it'll come and it'll make mortgage brokers jobs easier, but it'll also make lenders jobs easier and it'll reduce fraud, which is why I think we'll eventually it'll get adopted here. But currently it is like not happening. And so we have actually gone backwards. And I always say it's like we've got, you know, two steps ahead in innovation or technology, one step back in regulation. And so we're never quite at the edge of where we could be because of these regulatory barriers that we put in place. So that's the first thing. We also don't have the payroll integration. So in the US, there's a small number of payroll companies that do probably 70% of the payroll for most companies. So like think of like Ceridian, these other companies, and you can actually, they can use an API fetch to go in and grab income proof for people. And you can't fake it. It can't be frauded again. It can't be like a letter of employment written on a, you know, on a sheet of paper with, yes, I pay this person $500,000 a year. But we don't have that in Canada. It doesn't exist. So that's another one of the things that's going to limit it. And then finally, being able to not have an appraisal. And so that's something that it still remains to be seen. So this lender that's doing this, and I asked them who's doing it and told me and I looked into them. I mean, they might be printing money with this, but they may end up losing a bunch of money to figure it out. Because, of course, when you're not doing any of some of those extra due diligence parts, sure, you can confirm taxes, you can confirm income. Is the property a meth lab? Like there's algorithms, of course, but how do they know there's not some major issue with the property? They don't. And so I think that this is leading edge technology that will continue to be adopted. And then the last thing I'll say on this is that this is for vanilla prime borrowers only. There's no wrinkles in these files. This is like as straightforward as you can get. And so those ones are definitely going to be done more and more by machines. 
And so we as brokers, we need to be evolved. We need to get better at problem solving and we need to get really, really good at marketing and sales. Anyways, that's my thoughts on this whole thing. Vance, thanks again for chatting with me. I found this to be absolutely fascinating and slightly terrifying at the same time. But I do believe that we're going to have more advantages from having this technology than not having it. And if you're listening to this, I encourage you to go follow me on Instagram. I'm starting to get my social thing going. I've never done it before, so I'm still figuring it out. You can come laugh at me. And thanks again for listening. And I will see you on the next episode. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.